Hey, DJ, guess what? What? We've got a sponsor. A sponsor? Yeah, Tennessee Craft Beer Magazine. Magazine? Like something you read? I know it's a shock because you don't read very much, but... Hey, now. What? I read a lot. Do you really? Do shampoo bottles count? Not in this sense. No, I don't that think they do. olfactory satisfaction is, is, is high learning. This is for people that like reading about craft beer, not just drinking it. Sweet. It's like craft beer in print. It's like more than just reading the can. That's a great way to put it. Tennessee Craft Beer Magazine. It's more, more than, than reading, reading the, the can. can. Today's podcast is actually sponsored as I mentioned, by Tennessee Craft Beer Magazine. Find them online at tncraftbeermag.com. There you'll find digital copies of their magazine along with statewide brewery map, events calendar, and you can even subscribe to their print edition online. It's like Time Magazine for beer. Find them online at tncraftbeermag.com. In the bottom of a bottle And I ain't gonna change my way But I ain't half bad When I do what I ought It don't happen much these days Well, hey guys, this is Chris Hill. This is DJ Luke. And uh, welcome to the Humble Beer Podcast. And we're joined today, again, here in Nashville uh, by Ken and Zahn. It's, it's, I mean, it's been the um, uh, Nashville World Tour. I mean, it the, it feels like it. And we've only gotten through four out of the 18 breweries. Yeah, exactly. So wow. it's been not a bad been... way to spend an afternoon, though. No, exactly. No, it's no, not no. a bad way to spend the afternoon going around uh, trying beer. And um, I'm, we kind of we came here to a brewery. I mean, I mean, I'm not going to be uh, shy and say I, I really don't know much about. And I'm 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 here sampling beers for the first time and learning about this um, great facility. We walked back in the brew house and we saw them working and they're diligent in the brewery and smelling the beer and, and talking to some great people. Like I, I'm a, um, you know, I'm a, I, most people know that I'm a great. Um, a lover of uh, English culture, and so I got to take some people, t- talk to some people from London you here. Get your Anglo Anglophilia uh, uh, Anglophilia certification today. So, <laughs> so it's been a great afternoon so far, and then I mean, and one last uh, hour less spent away from doing laundry at the house. So. Let's let, let's uh, be honest. Uh, if if our uh, wives ever listen to the podcast we put out, yeah, which so. they don't, um, <laughs> they they would know that. I um, I saw the text from Dee Dee, and she was like, "Hey, are you guys around to do one more brewery today?" And I was like, "Yes, absolutely, we're around." Yeah. And uh, so so yeah, because I had seen the text from my wife going, "Hey, we still need to take down Christmas decorations." So, <laughs> so yeah, so we're still. I mean, so this is great. We're watching through the the window here of them uh, shoveling out of the the uh, mash tun there, and so um, yeah, well, let's. Start, I guess start at the beginning and the name and uh, the concept. Let's uh, like wherever we go. Well, yeah, the uh, the brewery name it's a little confusing for some people. Uh, several people have trouble pronouncing it, but it is pronounced Zons. We like to say the C is Zyland. Ah, uh, <laughs> Zons Brewing. Uh, where where the name came from is this two family names put together. My mom's maiden name is Zora, C Z O R A. Uh, it's a German name, but with uh, Eastern European influence. And then my um, my. My last name, Redman, was spelled with two N's on the end, the original German spelling. If I put the two together, I didn't know what to call a brewery. Hmm. You know, every time you turn around, someone's got, you know, no, call it this, no, call it that. It's like, well, my grandparents would be proud if I called it Zons. So that's what it ended up being. 
we did a tie-in, a friend recommended we do a tie-in with um, some artwork, The Drinker by Paul Cezanne. Hmm. And oh. she came up with the uh, marketing line for masterfully designed beer, Cezanne's. So, cool plan words. Um, love the artwork. It kind of fits the drinker, fits with, uh, fits with what we're all about. So, works well. It's very cool. Got me off to a good start. Yeah, yeah. So, so Kim, where, where did you start with, speaking of starts, where did you start with craft beer? How did you get into brewing? Well, started just as a hobby back in 97. Uh, talking with some friends at work and they talked about how they used to make beer in college and got interested in that. It's like, really? How do you do that? And they told me what they did. It's like, well, let's go buy beer kits and make beer. It just stuck. I enjoyed it. Had a, it was a great hobby. Really enjoyed brewing beer at home. My friends really liked it because I brewed all the time. There you go, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Which never means you had lots of beer to get a lot of beer, lots of beer in hand, never drank at home. Maybe a good thing, kept everything under control, but man, it meant for some really good beer parties when I needed to get rid of some inventory. So, um, But over the years, just kind of got tired of my career. I did accounting and finance work for many, many years. Um, started out straight up accounting work, controller jobs, accounting manager jobs. Eventually uh, went back to school, got an MBA, started doing cons consulting work, did that for several years, but all of it just got old really quick. Yeah. So it's like, eh, I got some money in the bank. Let's blow it all on a brewery and build a brewery. So <laughs> that's what I did. Sounds like a good investment. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah do have to, I do have to make this comment from, from what we've got from our trip, trips in, in Nashville. Yeah. Is that um, I think I'm like, there's, there's this, um, <laughs> we've had wonderful, me and you have had a wonderful conversation mm -hmm. this week off the podcast. But, uh, sure. Um, that I guess I guess this the stereotypical like craft beer kind of like millennium hipster kind of like concept, and I think that which which kind of goes through like the uh, like the craft beer industry like anywhere you go, like you have that typical craft beer drinker or whatever like the, or typical craft beer brewer. I, I think really none of them, none of the inter people that we've interviewed really have fit that stereotype in that mold. Nope. And in terms of the brewers themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And never, never. And, Owner, and like, operators, and, right. And I think we're all, I think it's, it's really kind of been cool to see that uh, everybody's kind of have, have kind of been that uh, almost uh, up, that middle class, hardworking American almost kind of aspect. Or and they always, and like you, you had, you said accounting or? Accounting and finance. And then you had a lawyer at, uh, um, over at Jack Lowe. Yep. Jack Lowe. Yep. Then, then, and I, I can't remember what was Carl. Carl had another. He was working in banking. He banking. Was a banker. So it's it's so it's so cool and refreshing because like these are people that had these other interests and they, and they've applied these other interests into craft beer, and this is another cool example. Of it. So wanted to make that comment after. Hopefully yeah. these uh, podcasts will be released in some kind of sequential order. Well, well, well I mean, DJ, it goes, it goes back to what we've talked about a lot on on the podcast, and even if it's not been said on the podcast, it's something we, we've noticed a lot is I, I find that a lot of brewers and the people who brew are technical at some point in nature. You, with numbers, I'm sure, in accounting, mm -hmm. think very much you know logically and in that technical mindset. We find a lot of engineers that end up in brewing. Um, lawyers, while you might not think of them as technical, I think of them as programmers, but with the English language. Right. And, um, you know, you, you have a lot of very simil similar people that like to go into brewing and do it, 
but it is. I mean, to DJ's point, it's not always the younger kids that do it. It's a lot of people that are, you know, further along in their career or they've chosen to say, I'm burned out. I want to do something that still engages me creatively. Right. And, that's, and all the skills that you learn in a pre previous professional status yeah. really translate over. I mean, it, there was a time where a lot of microbreweries started up go back to the 80s and 90s, a lot of breweries started up and then they failed very quickly because they didn't know how to manage their business. Yeah. So if you got a little bit of business experience, some of that background to apply to what you're doing, making great beer is a, a really good start, but somehow you got to keep things going. Yeah, I've, um, I've been a part of um, several startups and um, I do, I've got an MBA and all that as well. So I know like one of the most important things to making a successful business is process. Having that process, that system there that you can say, this is the value we bring because this is how we create success. It's through this. Mm -hmm. And in brewing, you need that. Yep. Here's um, our steps. Here's what we follow. Here's our routine. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and from an accounting background, running accounting offices and yeah, yeah it kind of everything's a process. <laughs> Everything, and you, you got to do it right. You got to do it professionally, and um, you know that that to me is something that I see a lot in um, in breweries, and, and to be able to the successful ones, the ones that sell for millions of dollars, if they choose to, if if that is your definition of success. You know, um, they're the ones that have created the processes that they can bring in another investor or someone to purchase them and take them away. Or if they're not, you know, selling as their goal, they're being successful because they've created processes that outlive them. Right. Right. And that's and that's what really helps the business grow. So that's that's really cool. So tell us a little bit more about the Zons, like the the beers that you create. Um, what's your focus with this brewery? So. Zahn self-distributes, okay. so one of the things that um, that a lot of people don't realize is you cannot find my beer outside of Nashville. Oh, wow. Since I self-distribute, the state limits me to um, distributing only in Davidson County. I'm happy with that. I'm not trying to get large. Um, a lot of breweries, you know, want to be regional brewers. It's their dream, and they invest big, and they go all out for that. That's great, but one of the things they're running into these days is, is every little town you go into these days now, you're running into a local brewery, and then you're selling against the hometown favorite. So I'd rather be the hometown favorite in Nashville. It's a great market. There's a lot of good people here. We've got several breweries. We need some more, but we got a lot of good beer, and I just want to be a part of that. And, and, and I think there was something to be said about just to, uh, just to be... Uh, be your hometown favorite, like you said. I mean, and don't don't get me wrong. I, I mean, I, we're from Knoxville. I mean, I, I would I would love to have your beer on a tap handle in Knoxville. But also, I think there's and there's this mystique about having a beer that you can't get everywhere, and that, that you could only you can only get when you come to this place. And, and I mean, and that, like like I said, I was like I don't know much about the brewery when I walked in. I'm learning right now as we're speaking and hearing you talking. When, which is great, the fact that we get to learn and, and experience this, and this is, becomes an experience and, and a part of your trip to Nashville. And like, so well, people pop in for a Preds game, people pop in to go country music Hall of Fame or, or see the Grand Opry, then they kind of couple that memory with going, coming here for your beer. Exactly. Yeah, they remember their trip to Nashville. It's like, yeah, we, we went to a lot of great places and and they can rattle off all the different breweries they visited that they really enjoyed and learned something at. In our approach, uh, being smaller, um, not necessarily concerned with high volume, 
Um, we do around 700 barrels a year right now. I'd like to see that number double. Everyone would like to see growth. Um, I'm going to work towards that. That's my goal. But I'm going to do it slowly. It's, it, I'm not going to change my product. I'm really proud of the quality of the beer that we make. Um, my system's an eight-barrel brewing system with 16-barrel fermenters, so it's not a real complicated system. It's not very automated, so it's almost like home brewing, yeah. just on a great big scale. Um, I brew every batch of beer that comes out of the brewery, um, and it's great to be there watching every batch and make sure it's just right. We do uh, spend a good bit on, um, on, our, on our ingredients. We use mostly French malts in our recipes. A little more expensive, but they make a great beer. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's great. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, anyways, so that's 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 really cool. I noticed when we came in that you were um, you, had, you had some perspiration. You were you were in the middle of brewing. <laughs> in, in the, the back middle brewing of today, right? right. Now, Got here about six this morning and uh, mashed in. We're uh, we're brewing a double batch of German Pilsner. Uh, I like doing that beer in the winter time because. Uh, Pilsners need to be cold conditioned. I have an extra tank because I don't have to worry about a, a cold water chiller. So I have an extra tank I can use as a, as a lagering fermenter. It's going to take two months. Um, I do a Pilsner the correct way. No shortcuts, no three-week fermentation cycles. So this beer will probably be ready the end of March. Uh, but it makes a bright, clean, crisp, traditional German Pilsner. Um, no, is that a seasonal beer for you then? It'll be my spring seasonal. Okay. So basically we do uh, four full-time beers. We've got a blonde ale, okay. pale ale, IPA, Dunkelbeitzen. Those are available year-round. And then I rotate seasonals. Right now I actually have two seasonals on. I have a uh, toasted pecan porter and an oatmeal stout. So my next seasonal coming up is going to be a uh, German Pilsner. Hadn't quite decided on my summer seasonal yet. Um, that's always a tough one to do because I'm not really big on doing fruit beers. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what a lot of people like to buy. So we've got to figure out a good balance there. Um, fall seasonal is always a pumpkin ale made with pie pumpkins grown out at uh, Bell's Bend Farm. Okay. All natural ingredients. Um, I never use any artificial flavoring, flavoring in any of my seasonals. Um, oh, nice. Sometimes I spend a lot of time just doing prep work before I even brew. So. Oh gosh, I mean, if you're doing an organic pumpkin ale, are you like having to cut in every pumpkin and oh, yeah. pull out all the innards? And yeah, this fall, 300 pounds of pie pumpkins. Me and my assistant sat here and spent a couple of days just cleaning pumpkins, quartering pie pumpkins, and then I take them to a friend who roasts them and purees them for me, and all that goes in the boil kettle. And then that, along with very careful spice additions. Now, now that's a that's a pumpkin ale I can get. Something that's exactly. organically made, something that's that's made by hand. I know you're not just dropping in some pumpkin flavoring somewhere along the line. Yeah, also, like a pumpkin ale, that, that's a very uh, palatable to uh, kind of like first-time beer drinkers, and that's very good introductory to to craft beer. It's like something that's more flavorful and more remarkable, mm -hmm. and especially, I mean, you, I guess you would. And I did. I did go to the bathroom. Is Chris had this stain? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't make it. <laughs> I didn't make it public because he doesn't have much time with us today. Uh, yeah, so exactly. I, was, I was just like, hold it, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so. It was the second time in like a couple podcasts that I had to use the bathroom symbol. But uh, and so I don't know where like um, we, we were left off. So I'm kind of 
We're just, we're just talking about beer. We're just talking about beer. Talking about the beer some of our seasonals. And, Say seasonal beer. And if I do flavored seasonals, because some breweries get a little carried away in some of the some of the additives yeah. that they put into a beer. And my my rule of thumb is is it's got to be a good solid beer first. If you want to add a flavoring to it, it should complement the beer, not replace it. So even that pumpkin ale that I make every fall, it's very popular. People love it. I make a limited amount. When it's gone, it's gone. But um, it's the beer would stand on its own before I put any pumpkin or spice in it. That's, that's really cool. So focused on just making good beer. High, high quality beer, yeah. yeah it's good quality beer. I mean, it's, that's, what, that's what this it's about. I mean, it's making a good con, con, consumable flavorable artwork in a glass that where it's like something that you can be proud of and and, and I appreciate small uh, breweries like you guys that are like really pushing that so able to concentrate more on the quality of the product rather than worry about entering new markets and yeah. so, so so to that point do you have to grow do you have plans to expand beyond nashville or is it hey we're making enough i'm making the money i need i'm happy to well, stay where we're at well in the brewing industry you never make the money you need okay. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's kind of i learned that from everyone i talked to in the industry but uh yeah. there, it can always be better but um the way i look at it is if i'm making my house payment on time and i eat regular then i'm doing all right <laughs> so want to grow but like I said, within Nashville, I mean, I, yeah. I want Nashville to be my market. I'm not interested in going much further than that. I like knowing my customers and talking with them. When, when my customers uh, weren't about 55 accounts spread around town, um, when they place orders, they call me on the phone or they send me a text message and I reply personally. Um, it's, it's not like I have someone making that contact with, with my customers. So I, I've got a lot of very loyal and and, uh, and, and good buyers that uh, appreciate the owner-operator aspect of what I do. So, um, what are some exciting things coming up here at the brewery? What can, can people look at, say, in the next, and, and, and I'm assuming this is going to come out sometime around April or May. Well, uh, things that we've got going on, and I haven't quite decided what to do with the end of May. You know, we're going to have, uh, end of March, we'll have our release party for the uh, German pills. Yes, yes. And then... Um, I would love to try and come back. And it, it'll make a really nice beer. Good, crisp, clean lager. I mean... Having, having just come back from Prague, I'm yeah. like, I'm really craving Pilsner right now. <laughs> Uh, in May, of course, we've got the uh, Craft Brewers Convention is going to be here, so I'm trying to decide what to do about that. Barrel aged, you're, cast. You're literally right down the street. Exactly, the like center. two and a half blocks away. Right. So, so, so you know you're going to get people that you would never expect, like just randomly dropping in. Yeah, it'll be a little tough because there's going to be a lot of good brewers shop, shopping and coming around, and they'll be like, okay, well, here's what I do. You know, I hope it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, generally, I get some pretty good reviews. That's cool. So. That's great. And then uh, the big struggle for us this year is going to be moving. I have to move. This property has been sold out from under me, so uh, I get to build another brewery. Oh, wow. Oh, that's cool. I mean, uh, I was in um, um, Denver a couple of years ago, and uh, uh, it was like uh, it, it River North Brewing Company. It, it was in the same kind of uh, kind of uh, uh, con 
uh, in the same situation. They had to. They were in the process. Conundrum is that the word? Yeah. Before? What? Yeah. Conundrum. Conundrum. There, yeah. That's what I they were same, same, same kind of trouble situation. situation that where they were looking for a uh, new location because the property, the, the area they were at, kind of just like was sold, at, like sold or transitioned underneath them, and so it's so got too expensive. Yeah. So. so like, what have you? Do you have like a situational plan for that, or just looking for new? Property? Looking for a new property, and, and hopefully um, at least enjoying ownership in the property, so that um, can't pull the rug out on me again. Yeah, can't you can't relocate your brewery every five years? It's no. killer. So uh, now, now, I mean, do you have partnerships with any other brewery in town that where you possibly, if you had to pause brewing, brewing here, you could brew somewhere and else? And there's an opportunity for that. We've got. A couple of uh, brewers in town that have some capacity, and um, and because I most know most of the brewers in town, I, I I really trust the way they make beer. I really respect their processes. So there's a couple of opportunities where if I had to shut down for more than a couple of weeks, that someone could help me out. And I've had discussions with a couple of people um, until until we get to that point. We'll know for sure if that's even going to be necessary, but. Um, you know, the approach is going to be build up a new place, transfer the equipment over, and, and start up as quickly as possible. Well, I mean, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's, this is such a, kind of cute, like, nice little corner, little place, and it's, it's sad to, sad to, to not be, like, this will be a place that was not going to be here, so it's kind of sad. Well, and, and hopefully I can kind of duplicate what I've got here. I mean, what a lot of people don't realize when they come to the tap room, it's comfortable. It's not huge. It's a small space, but it's comfortable. A comfortable place to sit and hang out and meet friends. Uh, I built most of this room. Oh, nice. I didn't hang the sheetrock on these 20-foot-high walls, but I framed all the walls. I hung ductwork. I hung lighting. I, did, I built the bar. I helped build the tables. So... Um, I put a lot into this place and uh, I'm willing to do it again. And cool part about having to move though is like there's a few things I would change about how I set up the brewery and it's like cool, I get a chance to eliminate that hey, little you, headache yeah, area. Yeah, you get, you get, <laughs> you've already learned once, you can do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah my starter brewery can be improved on. Oh no, you're, you're good. You're good. Okay. <laughs> got it. Anyways. You gotta go. I gotta take a break. Okay. Do you mind? All right. Yeah, we will take a quick break here, and in a few minutes, you come back, and uh, we'll wrap up. Sounds good. All right. Thanks. I've been drinking a lot of these great beers with some great <laughs> London. Uh, uh, was it London? What's the what's the um, official name for somebody from London? Londonites or Londonites, Londoners. Londoners. Uh, they were still here. <laughs> some British, some British blokes. No, anyway, so uh, <laughs> well, we there already went. Blokes. Yeah, there you go, blokes. Anyway, so London blokes. We'll just go with that. Yeah, I like that. There you so, go. Um, but anyway, so I've kind of I've went through the the, the the kind of list of beers with some uh, some London mates now. Um, huh. Now, what what's some of the, your favorites, and what what kind of the beer? What beers are you serving here in the tap room today or now? And well, we had we have four beers that are available year round. Um, my most popular beer is my Blonde Ale, um, 
light beer, kind of an entry-level beer, but what makes it popular is that it's not a typical blonde ale. It's made with five different malts, mm -hmm. so it's nice. got flavor. It's not water, not the typical watered-down wheat beer. Gotcha. It's got some good flavor, but still light, easy to drink. Actually, my best customers for that beer are pizza places. That beer goes awesome with a pizza crust, a good that, pizza crust. That so. sounds like it would. Like, yeah. like when, I, when I eat a good pie, I don't want like the... You want a heavy beer. You want to enjoy the pizza. Yeah, I don't, I don't want the most flavorful thing. I want, I want, a, I want a beer that's, that's it's good, that tastes like beer, real beer, and but doesn't interrupt with the taste of pizza. There you go. <laughs> I enjoy pizza. <laughs> and, then, um, and then I've got a pale ale, about five and a quarter percent, where the blonde's four and a quarter percent. The pale is um, very balanced leans more towards malt than hops. Too many pale ales have gotten way too hoppy. Yeah. They need story. to get back to what, they, well, what they, they're supposed to be. That's where I like, usually what my, first, my first kind of like hitter in a, when I go to craft brewery for the first time is a pale ale. Because I want to, and, and they give you a good barometer of where they're, what, where they're <laughs> what brewery. the brewery's all about. Wow. Yeah. And, and if it's like a pale ale and it's like hot forward and you're boom and, and you're like, oh, this is a hop head brewery. This is a hop forward brewery. But if the thing is the pale ale is lighter on the hops and more a little malty and, and cleaner, you're like, okay, this is not yep. the most hop head forward. So for me, a, a pale ale is a good standard like of what direction this brewery is at. So what direction is your pale so ale? So I, I definitely lean malt. Malt, um, yeah, you said it right. Yeah, my IPA, four different malts in the recipe. Um, some people, when they try it, they, they consider it a, a European style. I don't know that I would go that far, but, but it definitely is far more balanced than most pale ales. And then in keeping with that approach, malt first, my IPA, it's a 7% beer, but it's only 55 IBUs. It is not a hop bomb. It's a drinkable IPA. People, I tell people, it's like, yeah, when you drink this beer, you get to taste beer along with your hops. <laughs> um, and traditional hops, nothing crazy, Centennial and Cascade. You know, just a straight up good drinking IPA. Um, Dunkelweizen is um, really unique for this area. I really um, like Maver for the old state. Sipping it slowly. It's, it makes a great beer. And a lot of people at first were confused. They didn't understand what it was. And it's like, you like Hefeweizen? Yeah, I love them. It's like, this is just a dark Hefeweizen. A lot of people look at the color of a beer and they get scared. And it's, it's like, no, 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 don't, don't look at the color. Just taste it. It's a wheat beer. It's a traditional German wheat beer. So you get the banana and clove, but with the Munich malt added to it and a little bit of roast malt, you get just richness on top of a great Hefeweizen. So those are four beers that we have available year-round, and then we just uh, trade up seasonals. People ask me all the time about, well, your seasonals sell like four a year. And it's like, well, no, don't you know that Nashville has six seasons? <laughs> <laughs> or at least that's how long one of my seasonals last. You know, about two months and then I'm on to the next one. So <laughs> I brew a double batch of a seasonal and when it runs out, then I'm on to the next season, whatever time of year it might be. Gotcha. The only time I'm a real stickler about the timing of my seasonal is when it comes to that pumpkin ale. Yeah. That's only available uh, late September, October. Which, which again sounds delicious and like we're gonna have to make a special trip up here. Yeah, you guys are gonna have to, to come it. back. So, no, no doubt, I, mean, I wouldn't turn that down ever. <laughs> no, no, not at all. We'll definitely, definitely make our way back up here. So, so that's cool. So, one of the other interesting things about um, you guys is you're not really distributing outside of Nashville right now. 
Right. And so to really get Zons, you've got to come to Zons, or you've got to come to a Nashville Nashville. bar that you know sells Zons. Right. So why not just come to Zons? Yeah, and it's not that hard to do. We're uh, four blocks off of off of downtown, off of Broadway. If you're coming to town to visit and uh, you're either going to the convention center or you're going to see the Preds or you're heading downtown to see some of the honky-tonks, a few blocks away, stop by and have a beer. Yeah. It's, uh, it's an easy walk. It's not a big problem. It's great for me, too. Right. Like, right. Like I, I remember as a younger a younger version of me, I was like, if you come down here from... Little DJ. Yeah, little DJ. When you come down here from music, I mean... And for me, I would come down here for music, and 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 Knoxville's known for the music, and but it's, it's like kind of like Knoxville known. Knoxville for, is not Nashville. No, but Knoxville knows for their is for music, but Knoxville's known for indie, and 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 Nashville's known for a little bit more polished. And so, like, you come here and you want to hear more more polished and music, and and you want to almost you know, almost you think everything's gonna be more polished, but. Uh, the thing, but is they still have a more, like really kind of really like good roots, 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 mm-hmm. and and the fact that I can go see some really authentic country, or I can go see one of my favorites like a Jason Isbell at the Ramen, and then come down to uh, a place like this and see and and drink authentic craft beer is is great and something that. I can drink here and and probably and talk to people from London and have a story, and I mean and, and the thing is that we we I've developed a story since I've walked in the door, right? That's right. Like, so so and I think like that that lends itself to what craft beer is. It, it's a story, and the thing is you're gonna come in for a Preds game, you're gonna come in to go see the Opry, you're coming for uh, uh, the uh, the rhyme and for whatever it is, and you're gonna be like, I'm I, you're. Four blocks away, and and from the what the I mean from from the um, the show the the glitz and the glamour and the lights. Exactly. But the thing it is, but the I mean it's but in here it's comfy and welcoming, and you have authentic consumable art to uh, have fun and, and and learn about other people and, and right right off right off off the off. The the glitz and the glamour, so yeah, that's that's kind of cool for me. Yep. It's like it's almost like I don't know, like like Las Vegas. You have these lights, and like mm-hmm. and like, like like they call like Nash Vegas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I hate that really because oh, I like, hate that terminology. But yeah, anyways, continue. it's almost like that. But you have these like like lights, boot shops, craziness. But boom, then in here it's like kind of like subtle, like just hard work. Ingenuity, authentic artwork. Yeah, we've got the we've got the tourists, you know, we've got the tourists up and down Broadway, seeing what makes Nashville really popular to come and visit. And then after that, um, after that, you can go just a few blocks away and get into what Nashville's really all about, the, exactly. where the locals go. But, um, and we're we're at the uh, northern tip of what what. In Nashville, we like to call the uh, brewery district. There's five uh, we, breweries all in walking distance the, we, of each we, we other. We talked about that with the um, uh, New Heights. Yep. But they really yep. wanted to kind of. They really want to start branding the 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 brewery district, which I think was is phenomenal. No, I think it's great. And I think for craft beer drinkers and head, hopheads and 
and uh, malt lovers, it's going to be phenomenal to, to have some place where you know, like, boo, this is where you go for craft beer in your area. Right. And, it, and it's great because people come in here, and, you know, sometimes we get people first because we're so close to downtown. They realize, oh, there's a brewery close by. They come by and they, and they stop in to have a beer. And we ask them, you know, you got some time? You want to check out some new breweries? Here's how you get to each of them. Here's where all the breweries are located. You go this direction, that direction, whatever works best for you. So we want to make sure that people understand, you know, we're part of a community here. We're just one of many breweries. And if you've got the time, it's like we can, we want to share that with there, you as there, well. Have you done any collaborations or are you wanting to do any collaborations? Would love to. Um, I've talked a little bit with uh, a couple of the other breweries about collaborations. Um, little tougher for me to do on my scale and then not having a distributor that kind of thing um, it, it makes it a little, I've got a different business model but um, I think we could overcome all of that I think the biggest thing is just I've got to find the time to do it yeah, yeah. well we talked several people are willing we talked to other, a couple other breweries and then it's and like literally when it comes to distributing it's all about like you had like do you have the same distributing partner and we it's like we're talking about Carl about that about like if you want to do a a collaboration with somebody and you have different distributors and all these different loops you have to go through and I mean and it's understandable but it'd be it's great it would be great to see people in the same neighborhoods in the same time just collaborating working and, together and sure like sure yeah look forward to the opportunity just um, you know everybody's so busy yeah, yeah. Sure. every brewery especially you with CBC into. coming up so yeah yeah so everyone's so really trying to play. gear up for that so that's going to be an exciting time yeah very cool. Well, there's there's a lot of exciting things that sounds like coming up for you. One thing we'd like to wrap up with, um, we ask this of all of the people we interview, is what's in your beer fridge at home right now? <laughs> what's in my beer fridge at home? Not much of anything. <laughs> uh, my beer is here. <laughs> um, that's, uh, I that's, actually, that's, you know, that's, that's the Carl answer right I, there. I, <laughs> I work. I, I mean, if anyone wants to find me, any of my friends, they come here to the brewery to find me, not at home. I'm not at home much. Yeah. I'm working a lot, so um, I've got. I get. I collect a few bottles in the fridge. I get. They can't stay there very long because the uh, <laughs> the beer board gets a little upset if there's retail beer in my fridge. So it's like. So we typically someone will come back from vacation and bring some bottles of beer, and and then um, when they show up, it's like, okay, well let's share it with the bar. So I get some, and everybody else gets some. So. So it's just, it's, it's just uh, gifts and collections of stuff you got from the, around the travels and... Yep, just, just friends. Um, some of our regulars, you know, they, they really appreciate good beer. And when they come back home from their vacations, it's like, oh, here's something I found. Mm -hmm. Let's try this. And we'll sit down and sample some beers. It's great. It's great. That's awesome. That's so cool. Well, good. Um, well, thank you for being on. We really appreciated you. I mean, great. Literally such short, love crazy to do it. And he literally paused and took time out of his brew schedule. Like literally in yep. the middle of the like, brew schedule. Yeah, actually, yeah. right now I've got to go do my last hop edition. Like, like, literally, like, like that's what this is. A, it's a, actually it's a it's, it's a humble beer first that he actually like in they, the middle of brewing. In the middle of brewing, we we got a brewer in the middle of brewing. 
So like that's that's kind of like that's a the humble beer first right here. It might yeah. be a first, yeah. Now if you guys want to stick around a little longer, you can help me with cleanup. Oh shit! Okay. <laughs> We'd love to, but our wives have already said Okay. I have a like relatively close friend friend to the family and uh, uh, so like that, and, and so I've got contacts and like, well, um, he's just turning twenty one. He wants to get in the beer industry and. Can you can you help him out? You know you have connections, and I was like, I, does he like to clean? And they're like, oh, uh, I don't know. I'm like, well, I said, basically, I said ninety percent of beer um, production is sanitary. Being yep. a janitor, spend more so, time cleaning than brewing. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Always. So like, well, like basically give them like let them clean, clean your bathroom bathroom for three days if they like doing that then then we'll, we'll see <laughs> then get them into the brewing industry yeah, but anyway <laughs> that's right that's right so, sounds good anyways kim thank you for being on thanks guys it's been a, it's been a lot of fun absolutely um and with that said this has been chris hill this is dj lou and i uh, remember to stay humble and try new beer all right thank you thanks guys Way down in the bottom of a bottle And I ain't gonna change my way